G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast. Come on in. Today we start a series of five podcasts dealing with the word atonement. Atonement Podcast 1. This is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by Lot as a scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. The word we have been asked to explore is atonement. And we shall endeavour to look at the what, why, how, when, who, and so what of our word atonement. Other religions such as Islam and the cults of Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses have their own understanding. So it's a word not just used by the Christian religion. Atonement is to clean, cleanse, cover over, make amends, pacify, satiate, satisfy, substitute and bring about reconcilement. Amazing atonement. Atonement can also be pronounced as at one because atonement brings together as one, and it is also the state of being at one. And the question to start, why is there this need for atonement in relationship to, to God and humanity? As most of us here probably know in the beginning, God and humanity were in relationship They were at one with each other, showing and revealing an innate and dynamic personal intimacy between God and Adam and Eve, the first humans. And then shortly after, Adam and Eve actively disobeyed God's clear demands and commands. They decided to go their own way and in disobedience sinned against Almighty God. They pretty much said, God, we love you but we're going to go off on our own way. Is that okay? Without realising the consequences. And the relationship between God and humanity was then corrupted and broken. There was nothing those people could do to restore that relationship with God once it was broken. That's the story of this broken world we live in. A world which is in a mess. Even a cursory look around will tell us that. And because he is a God of love, 
God himself needed to intervene so that humanity could choose to return to being in that active, dynamic and intimate relationship with God. Why? So that God and humanity could return to being in at one So now let's look at our first reading from that book of joy, Leviticus chapter 16. As I'm sure some people here know, particularly if you remember anything at all from the series I preached back in 2010 about Leviticus, is that I consider Leviticus to be a book of wondrous joy because it reveals Almighty God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit wanting to dwell with humanity and lavish his love upon them. Leviticus, a book which reveals atoning joy and the love of a God who is alive, personal, dynamic and intimate. And this chapter before us is the centrepiece of this magnificent book. It's the pinnacle, the apex. It describes the key event of the Day of Atonement which was to occur annually on the tenth day of the seventh month in the Israeli year. God had chosen Israel to be his people and that they were to be his shining beacon of light and hope to the whole world. As part of the covenant made with Israel, God said that he would be their God and they would be his beloved people. This is thoroughly unlike the inanimate and impersonal gods of the surrounding nations who are made of material such as wood, metal, stone. Sitting, on a cold, sitting in cold silence on a shelf or on the floor. A stark contrast to the living, dynamic and personal God of Israel who's alive. So let's look briefly at what we're done on this Day of Atonement. Firstly, the tabernacle or the tent of meetings. Most of the activity takes place in what is called the tabernacle. As it is, or the tent of meeting, as it's also known. It was comprised of part canvas and part wooden marquee and divided across by a great curtain. So imagine you're out there and there's this great curtain here. There was the public side and the other side beyond the curtain, known as the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest could enter. And that entrance was to only be once a year and no more. And inside this Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant, a small chest or box representing God's very presence with his people. There was the mercy seat or the atonement cover, as it is also called, the removable top of the Ark where the blood was sprinkled by the high priest Aaron. Then there's the golden censer, Aaron, the high priest, used this to make the cloud of smoky incense as he entered the Holy of Holies. This was to form a wall of protection for Aaron, hiding God from him. For to look directly upon God would have caused Aaron's instant death. The smoke and the incense ensured that God's holiness was bearable to sinful man, that God's mystery remained and Aaron was preserved. Thanks for joining us here at Partakers Podcasts. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you, wherever you are in this world, 
to live for Jesus Christ alone and make him known. Our books are also available on Amazon at www.poptheology.com. See you later.